Well, kia ora and welcome to today's episode of Confessions of Entrepreneurs and Other Really Smart People. I'm super excited today. I've got sitting next to me a fashion guru. I am actually a big fangirl. We have Nora Swan with us today. I'm a big fangirl of Nora's. I watch all of her stuff on social media and LinkedIn. I'm that creep that follows you there, but just love to see... um, all the mahi that you do through your fashion, Nora. So without further ado, I'll let you introduce yourself and then we'll get, get a little bit into the conversation. Oh, thank you, Mal. It's a, it's an honour to be here and, you know, to have a salonor with you this morning. So yeah, I'm creative entrepreneur. I've been running my business for 11 years now. I'm still around, thank God. Um, absolutely love fashion. You know, it, it's my passion. It's a cliche 100%, but I totally own it. Um, I started off as a, a personal stylist, right? But as you know, um, in Auckland or in New Zealand, it's such a relaxed country. I think it's only been the last five years where people have really started to dress up, which is fantastic. Really? Wow. But when I started out, everyone was like, well, what's a stylist? What are they doing? We don't need a stylist. You know, that's mainly for celebrities. And so I, um, I struggled for a bit there. Then I went into professional styling. I did a whole heap of um, fashion events, which led to Pacific Fusion Fashion Show, which is the largest high-end Pacific fashion show in New Zealand. Um then I started uh, Dressed in Confidence, which was, uh, it did originally start as a social enterprise. Yep. Um, you know, my way of giving back to the community. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's doing really well now. Um, it is now under a regist- registered charity. Yeah. And then I started well The done. Swan, which is a um, modelling agency, the first ever Pacific owned in New Zealand. Wow. So, yeah, do heaps of stuff in fashion, love what I do. Um, I think it's really been the fact that, maybe four years into building my business or growing the business, um, it was understanding what my purpose was. Right. And it wasn't until, yeah, about then, you know, you keep your purpose kept, I found my purpose kept on changing. Yeah. And because it, it never sat right. And then it was, okay, I know that God wants me to redefine the definition of beauty in the fashion industry. And so all the initiatives that I run pretty much is the same value of, you know, when I get lost or I find that I'm going off track, I come back to, okay, is this does this align with what my purpose is here on earth? So yeah, love love what I do. Yeah, that's cool. So you have you always keep that value as your guide. Yes, to what you're doing most definitely. And there's been lots of times where I feel I've been tested or challenged, but I'm like, hey, block out all the noise, come back to the basics, stay focused on that. That's oh, you're already dropping some gold over oh. here, Nora. Um, so you're in fashion. Mm. I always see you around. So like I can tell that fashion is your passion because every time I've seen you around town, like we're in Monaco here, it's a small town, and yeah. you, you're a South Auckland girl, eh? I yeah. see you around yeah. the streets, so to speak. Yeah. Every time you are just on point with your fashion. Oh. And it doesn't matter if it's... Like 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning or 6 o'clock on a Friday night, every time I see you, I'm like, there she is again, just killing it with your fashion <laughs> because it truly is an expression of who you are. Um, oh, well, that's what I'm guessing. Yes. Um, when did you realise that you were passionate about fashion and head towards that career path? I think it was when I was coming, just finishing high school. So I grew up like really antisocial, like um, – Dislike public speaking. Um, I never joined any activities in high school. Like that really super shy girl, really was shy of boys. Like I didn't have my first boyfriend to really late that kind of shyness. Yeah. And so a lot of people that see me now, they're like, "Holy heck, that's Nora." That you know, she used to wag English because <laughs> of you know speeches. Right. Really, really bad. Um, 
but in high school, I realized, oh, I'm actually quite good. You know, I started to dress up and, and it was kind of my way of expressing who I was um, as an individual. You know, I, I do find that a lot of introverts are still quite creative. So this was my element. I mean, it allowed me to freely be who I was, even though my mum was like, you know, I was I went to church growing up. <laughs> Someone, if I saw church and I would push the boundaries and my mum would send me back to the room and say, go and get changed and put this on and put something on and and so then I was in the church choir and so we wear uniform I would always push the boundaries of my uniform (laughs) um the elders would tell my mum and then I would get in trouble so I knew from yeah like just after I left high school that I had a thing there but I never really pursued it until um as you know my partner uh, my partner back then we we had our first child um and then it wasn't it never became it wasn't a priority right and so I left it until yeah, eleven years ago, I was um, shopping supermarkets, and I went uh, walked past the magazines aisle, and I saw one of the magazines, a clear magazine. I don't think they're around anymore, but on the cover of that magazine, it said, "Okay, who wants to be a fashion stylist?" Um, enter the competition, blah blah. So I thought, "Oh wow, that that'll be pretty cool." But you know, I was a mum then, young mum, and I thought, "Nah, just let stuff it." And then here I am at home cleaning my house, and I hear it on the radio, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, there goes that." cool competition again and so I kept on getting these signals and I thought okay I'm going to enter it so I entered it um I literally described my wardrobe um and then a month later I was surprised I got a phone call that I won that competition oh my gosh there were 4,000 entries nationwide and they picked my one um as the winning entry um and they said they read every single entry and mine just stood out and I just yeah creatively described my wardrobe and what it looked like and so that was how I went into fashion. And so I went on a styling course with Angela Stone, mm-hmm. um, valued at $5,000 back then. And so that was pretty much my one opportunity. But, you know, as I said, the Pacific community didn't know anything about styling. And so I had to really um, get innovative and creative on how I was going to build my business because I was finding that, um, you know, when you work for someone else, it's kind of like um, – you know, you don't want to work for someone else, you know, you're kind of really um, independent and when they tell you to do things, and yeah, I just loathed it and I pretty much was only doing it to bring bills in and to pay the bills, right, right. and put food on the table. And so um, I just worked at it, worked at it. Um, I worked, um, started dressing up my friends and yep. family and noticed that, oh yeah, you know, they, I would do it, they would do it for love um, and just started to build my clientele and check out the market and try and find a gap, right? Um, and then, so I was working full-time, trying to grow my business. When my business slowly slowly started to grow, then I went part-time, and then it kept on growing, and then my part-time job said, well, actually, no, you can't change your hours. So I had to leave that job and then get two other part-time jobs wow. to work with trying to grow my business at the same time. I tell you, I had four phones at one stage, because I had two part-time jobs, <laughs> I had um, my business phone, and then I I think I was upgrading my old phone to a business phone. So at one stage I had four phones, and I had to change the ringtones. <laughs> so I knew, okay, wh- you know, who am I talking to? Do people to think I- that you were selling drugs or something? <laughs> oh, honestly, the things you do, right, yeah. to build your business. And it's the fact that when that, um, you know, when you're, it gets louder and louder in your head that you've got to leave and go and jump and do your business and follow your dream and that – when it gets that loud, you just have to do what you have to do, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And so you finally made the decision to I did to just go all in. Um, yes. So I think it was about six years ago. So yep. I, I jumped and it's the best thing I've ever done. 
you know, I'm sure you know, you know, it comes with so many headaches yes. and challenges and self-doubt and all of that, but I, I love what I do. And for me, it, it's it's worth that crazy roller coaster ride. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so six years ago, you've gone full-time into your business. Mm. Did you have the support of your family around you as well? Uh, that was really hard because I think a lot of Pacific people, we're so stuck in that mindset of a nine to five. Yes. So you kind of leave the islands, you come here for a better future. And so my mum and my parents used to always say to me, you know, you want to get a good job. And if you if you can, um, what was it, you know, be an air hostess and, and own your ho- your house, then you've pretty much succeeded. And I thought, well, hell no, I don't want to, you know, I love traveling, but I don't want to be an air hostess. We bought our first house and then I thought, Okay, so I made it. So what's next? And yeah, I just was always hungry to learn. And I, I felt like there was more to life than what we were doing and living. And so um, uh, at first it was hard to get the support from loved ones. Um, but then they realized that, oh, you know, she's actually doing quite okay. And let's support her. And yeah, um, the support now is there from everyone. And, you know, it's that typical saying where it takes a village. Yeah. Um, but it... It wasn't a straightforward process. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like you had to show them what was happening, show them all th- the successes, keep on showing them it because they need to be reminded constantly. Yeah, um, for them to 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 fully support. Yeah, and now they probably your biggest fans. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> but, you know I kind of feel like you know island parents. It's like you still have to prove on a daily basis, kind of thing. <laughs> You know, it is what it is. I, I guess that's their way of showing you that they love you because they're worried for you. Yeah. And someone's got to be worried. And if I'm full of energy and optimism, who's on the other side, you know? Who's the I realist think, here? Yeah, and ready to, to catch me if I fall. And yeah. I think that's the, the mindset. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Especially because did your parents move here from yes. Samoa? Yeah. And yeah. probably wanting a better future for their family. And yeah. So you can see how the fear that yes. they're thinking that, Nora's crazy. She yeah, oh, totally. doesn't have a nine to five. Because what is she I'm, doing? I'm, a, I'm the black sheep in my family. You know, right. I'm very not as traditional as my siblings, and I've always been like real smart ass and <laughs> and really opinionated and and I actually feel like I get my my cheekiness and my um, mongrel in me from my New Wayne side because oh, I'm really? Samoan New Wayne and main, yeah. brought up Samoan way and mainly Samoan, but that's where I get my, you know, and I think you need that in business, yeah, because it's you know it can be really David and Goliath and you know you need thick skin and all of that um, to survive in business and to grow a sustainable business yeah yeah definitely and I could imagine even more so in the fashion industry because because people are literally picking you apart yeah very um, narcissistic you know I love the industry and I think there's so much potential for it to be a good place to work in but it is also it can be very toxic yeah and that's really damaging for people who are wanting to come through and me you know I'm really it's kind of that you know, motherly thing about aspiring Pacifica and Māori yes. coming into the industry and knowing what I've experienced. I'm like, damn, you know, I need to try and get those who are coming through to not focus on the um, fame side of things. Yeah. But, you know, you've got to really hustle in the background and, and work on your inner self-confidence and things like that. Yeah. So um, I'm interested to know a little more, like you mentioned about your even pushing the boundaries with your choir uniform. Yeah. And I know that island families and even Māori are quite um, humble in Mm. the way that they approach fashion and probably quite practical. Mm. Um, And being a fashion designer, you do have to push those boundaries. So how did you reconcile the two being 
a fashion designer and wanting to push those boundaries and then still wanting to help our people? Because I feel like you'd have to break through some certain kind of mindsets there. Yeah, um, I think a lot of the... So in terms of me rebelling, um, I think it came down to me just really being passionate about wanting to grow my business and trying to get people to understand that, look, I'm still really respectful of our culture. I'm... um, that's one thing that I keep with me as I as I grow my grow my business in mainstream is to stay really focused on um, Pacific cultural values, right, and beliefs. And if people can see that, then I'm hoping that they can be a bit more understanding in terms of where I'm coming from and what I'm trying to do and teach in terms of, especially for the younger generation that we work with now, because you know it's a totally different world that we live in. Yeah. And I'm finding, and it's kind of scary at the same time that as we journey on in life you know we're becoming more and more disconnected to our culture but we need to stay um we need we need to find ways to make it relevant so that they do understand and they want to stay connected as well yeah Yeah. and then you mentioned like it was about five years ago that you saw a shift here in New Zealand Mm -hmm. around attitudes to fashion what do you think contributed to that um you know I have been um like really advocating for um, Pacific fashion for a while now. And I think Pacific Fusion Fashion Show, I feel, because, you know, we had cult couture, right? And then that ended maybe 10 years ago, and then PFFS came through. And it's really created that ecosystem. Um, you know, it brings together the fashion designers, our um, Pacifica Māori, um, the models, so both established and emerging. And then we've got all the small business owners who have like beauty products, right? It brings, and hair and makeup, so it brings everyone together. Right. And so there's this really, like we've created this really cool culture and I think it's because we've left ego out. Yeah. And so there's a, a sense of community and culture. And, you know, it gets to a point where we're really tired of trying to push into mainstream and we're like, you know what, actually let's create our own mainstream. And let's all come together because we've been fighting for way too long. And, I, you know, I really love that saying about, um, I've forgotten, forgotten what it is, but something about where you, you get really tired of being resilient and sometimes you just want it to become the norm. So we've created that norm ourselves. Yeah. And so with Pacific Fusion, I've noticed like every year we just keep on growing, growing. There's more, um, more people, um, like the awareness is growing not only um, locally but internationally and in the mainstream. And so everyone really comes together to support because we know we have so much to offer. Yeah. And it's trying to find that platform, which I feel Pacific Fusion has created, so we can unapologetically celebrate us. And so there's that momentum that's created a whole heap of um, our people to kind of stand up and say, you know what, I'm going to take the power back and I am going to celebrate who I am. And the funny thing is, like, I was in Wellington last week running Dress and Confidence, and one of the ladies sent me the most beautiful email saying that um, she never put beauty and strength together because she thought beauty was more, you know, being vain and things like that. But it's because of what we've been programmed to believe what beauty is, and that's what where I come in and, you know, tell people, actually, no, let's redefine what beauty means to us because, you know, we live in, you know, mainstream is like saying beauty looks like this, and we're like, heck no. Beauty does not look like that from a Pasifika person's perspective, right? And so it was really beautiful her um, sharing that and saying, she said, you know, I went to church the next day and I actually made an effort and what I was wearing and I, I took that power back and I thought, stuff you to what mainstream yes. has said is what beauty is. So yeah, when I, when I get those kinds of messages, I'm like, okay, I'm on the right path and I need to keep on doing what I do, yeah. So you do... Um 
you do Pacific Fusion Fashion Show, and is that so? How does that what? How does that work? Tell us a bit about that because that's huge. Yeah. So we uh, did you start it? Sorry to interrupt yeah, you. No, yeah, totally fine. Um, yeah, that was two thousand and sixteen as well, and I have to share the story. So do you remember um Peter Taufatofu, the Tongan flag bearer who broke yes, the internet with the coconut yes, oil? Yes, so yes. that was um two thousand and sixteen. He was in Rio Olympics, and that happened like two months before our show, Pacific Fusion Fashion Show. Right. And so we were advertising that he was our international guest model. And so people were like, um, you know your guest model, is that this guy? And I was like, oh yeah, it is him, that's Peter, he's a really nice guy. I've been talking to him over the past few months to, to book him and to come. And no one believed that he was going to come to our show <laughs> because he became this overnight Like success. international star. Totally, yeah. yeah. And he actually came, and what was really funny was, he became so busy that he had stopped communicating with me. And I was like, damn it, because he's now freaking superstar. And he doesn't remember us little people. But he is such he's so he has such a big heart for our people because he actually didn't go to um an interview with Alan DeGeneres because he had already booked to come to Little Old Otara because he was at uh, Isamaki to our show. And what was really funny was the night before, wow. my phone just was off the hook running mainstream media all calling me wanting to come to our show and that was the our first year and so the timing was perfect he came mainstream media came um sold out in our first year because Peter was our guest model and it was crazy and we only had um I think it was like 500 seats and so we were kind of thinking oh we'll see how we go it's our first year but the timing was perfect he came he was such a gentleman Everyone loved him, of course. Yes. Um, he was so helpful to all our aspiring models and the designers, and he did what he could to take pictures of the designers' garments and things like that. So it really says a lot about who he is and yeah. what's really important to him. But he really helped us kind of solidify who we were and what I was trying to do with Pacific Fashion at that time. Awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. And now it's just growing. It has, yeah. So we, as I said, um, you know, we've had – partnerships with the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Trade, um, the U.S. Embassy. So we've brought in all these designers from wow. around the world, especially from the um, Pacific region. Um, yeah, and we've had some really cool models come, and a lot of models actually have been um, poached by mainstream. Or actually, no, that's not, not the right word. Like, um, discovered, that's the word I was trying <laughs> to say. That's a nicer word. That is a nicer <laughs> And models usually do get discovered, don't they? Yeah, but the cool thing is, you know, we – had heard so many times that they were trying so hard to break into mainstream. Yeah. And they would not get picked up. And then Pacific Fusion comes around and then mainstream, you know, media come and write stories, which we want anyway. Yes. And then they're like, cool, um, now with an agent, which is which is what we want, yeah, yeah, for our people to have those opportunities so they can grow their careers as well. How how do we stack up here in little old um, Aotearoa internationally on the fashion scene? I personally think that the designers are freaking amazing. Mm. Our where we get stuck is that we, you know, it's the capital. You know, we don't have the support. There's our ideas get poached. You know, I, I freely say that. Yeah. And um, we've I've seen it like right in front of me. And you know, you hear from designers that you know they they've got these great ideas, and then people come and they see and they get inspired and they take ideas. You know, yeah. talk about cultural appropriation, right? Yeah. And, it's really messy here. Like I've had conversations with um, some of the MPs and how we politicians are to how can we protect our designers' IP? Yes. Ah, you know it's so hard. It's so hard because our people don't have money, 
and then you've got these big brands and they've got loads of money and 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 bulk manufacturing and things like that and just like that you know it's on it's in their next season's collections right yeah and that's like like you were saying David and Goliath oh yeah and these poor designers they're they're creating in their garages and trying to make ends meet and this is their bread and butter and yeah have you done much international work yourself I've done a bit um so I've been to um a few fashion shows so I've done um Hawaii Australia I've done Solomon Islands um i also ran Dressed in Confidence in um, Solomon Islands as well. Um, and I'm looking at more, I want to do work in the Pacific region. I think yeah. I'm more about giving back. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really interesting because, you know, I do a bit of um, Duffy Books role model work. So just this week I went to a school and I always get that question, like, who would be someone that you would like to dress, you know? Um, but I've, I'm more of a personal stylist. I'm all about giving the opportunity to everyone Yes. And I know, I know this isn't going to be a popular comment to say, but I kind of don't like that false idol kind of thing where, you know, I'm really big on inspirational people more yes. than people that you aspire to, to be or look like because yeah. I find that really um, damaging. And when you start comparing yourself to someone else, you know, that does so many things to people and you think you're not good enough and it steals your joy and things like that. So yeah. I'm more about working with the everyday person and helping them find their wow factor. Yeah. yeah. So that sort of like moving into your more dressed in confidence, yes. um, mahi, yeah. which is uh, you do do quite a lot of impact-driven work um, through dressed in confidence. Tell us how that got started and and what, what you do there. Yeah. Um, so dressed in confidence, you know, I've got two daughters, so 20 and 13 now. And, you know, as I said, I was really shy when I was young and I could see that in my daughters. And I feel like I was a late bloomer. Um, and I mean, I didn't want them to miss out, you know, and figure out later on in life that they can do whatever they freaking want to do, you yeah. know. And it would have been the shyness that would have kept them from doing that. And so I thought, okay, started doing things with my daughters and um, different types of exercises and seeing how they were reacting to it. And I thought, man... I reckon there's probably so many other young Pacifica girls who are exactly like my girls, which is how Dress and Confidence came about. Plus, it was a way for me to serve the community. So we knew that we would initially, like, we went into schools and we thought, okay, we're going to go into beauty and fashion easily because, you know, um, very similar work. But we have run Dress and Confidence in so many other industries. Like, we've been in hospitality, construction, um, tertiary, community, um, young mums, um, where else? Business. Wow. And it's the reason why, um, so we're really lucky we're the only provider of the service nationwide. So I think it's really cool that we're also Pacifica, right? But people started to contact us because, you know, there's Pacifica people everywhere and people yeah. have self-confidence issues, right? Yep. And so that's how we have really um, just gone into the community, um, you know, word of mouth and People say, oh, it's really good. It's actually really good. And my kids are on it. And then we randomly get messages about, hey, we've heard um, all the good mahi you do. We want you to come. And so, yeah, I guess the work speaks for itself. But, uh, yeah, it's probably um, one of – it's probably my favourite initiative that I have created because we didn't expect it to um, get to where it is, especially working in fashion because there's this assumption that it's all about the the other side, about the – you know, the how you look and yeah. um, the facade, you yeah. know. So we're all about making sure that 
the real you on the inside is represented externally. Yeah, and even if you, um, you know, I feel like you can do it through fashion because I've done it myself. Yes. Um, I love to dress up, but I still consider myself quite humble, even though I'm really loud in how I dress. Yeah. I'm still really humble. I'm still really connected to my culture and I understand the importance of culture and things like that. Yeah. But yeah, we've had a lot of, no, you know, that that's not what we want. Because people just don't understand. So education yeah. is the key. Yeah. Yeah. And so what do you do with dressed in confidence? So you'll go in and do you just use fashion or is it more around understanding um, or changing the mindset around beauty? Yeah, so we, we pretty much um, teach well-being with fashion as a medium. Yeah. And so uh, one of the big things for us is um, true connection with self. So the types of questions that we ask on our program is, you know, what is your definition of beauty? What is your favourite physical feature? Some exercises include, can you look at yourself in the mirror and just look at yourself without flinching? or And things like that, like yeah. body positivity and um, what have you inherited from your loved ones. And a lot of, you know, what's really sad is that sometimes people can't say anything nice about themselves or they're shy or they're modest or they just don't really think about it, which is fine as well. But we think if you... Um, if you're really, if you can connect with yourself on that level, um, it really is kind of a resilience mechanism as well. Like it can really help you get through life when it's really tough and, you know, depression and things like that. Um, are because I feel like um, a lot of people are, I mean, life is hard enough, right? Mm, mm. Um, and then like if you can be true to who you are, we're hoping that that's going to help you kind of get through some of the tough times in life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all the the, ex- uh, the exercises that we run, it's all about helping people um, reach their full potential and be comfortable in their own skin. Yeah, and I, you know, I honestly feel like running my programs, it's really helped me with. You know, I was talking about my skin condition. Yeah. Like, I'm really confident in my skin that I'm like, oh, who gives a crap? You know, I know <laughs> who I am. I know what I bring to the table. I know I work in fashion. I get a lot of eyes, but I'm like. I'm that resilient that I really don't give a crap. Well, it's your normal now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, I can't wait till it goes. But anyway, I've been really comfortable in myself. So I feel like everything that we teach, um, you know, I, I also walk the talk, yeah. right? And I'm kind of living proof that it does work, yeah. So when who, who would you say, Nora, like your inspirations are in the fashion industry? Um, You know what? You know how I have that thing with fashion where I'm not really, um, there's no one that really inspires me in fashion. It's more generic. Like, I'm I'm a Christian, so yeah. I love God. And what's really weird is that, you know, I've done all these business courses. Um, I've traveled overseas, paid a lot of money to go in and learn about business, but I feel like the basics are in the Bible. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of helped me just say really focus on what I need to do in the, in the in business, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And I, um, what about your daughters? Do they show a flair for fashion? Most definitely. Yeah. So my eldest works for me full time. Yeah, I thought so. She's she full time works with you. Yeah, that's she so loves cool. fashion. And then my youngest, she's she's like a tomboy, and she actually has really good taste. But I think she's just rebelling against me. And she <laughs> said when she was younger, yeah, you know, she's quite straight up like me. She goes, "Mom, when you die, I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run Norris Swan." And I was like, "Okay, cool." And now she's like, no, nah, I hate fashion because I think she just is rebelling. Yeah, but she's got really good taste as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, my girls, yeah, she they're into it. And actually, my youngest learned how to do um, makeup at about eleven. So oh, she's pretty wow. good at makeup. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know makeup is like a full art. 
yeah. these days. Like people, what you can do with makeup is yeah. actually incredible. Oh, totally. And you know, there's so many um, tutorials online for free, right? So it's accessible for everyone. Yeah. Have you seen a shift in that space? Like even because it feels like I don't know if it's social media or mm. what, but it just feels like makeup generally here in Aotearoa, people mm. are like embrace it so much more. The eyelashes, the full yes. makeup, the contouring, all yeah. of it. It's really cool, right? Yeah. And so I'm just kind of waiting for the the clothing to kind of catch up as fast. Like like I said, you know, it's come along. Um, like fast five, the past five years, I have noticed people um, put a bit bit more of effort in how they dress but I feel like makeup kind of came really quickly in the nails and lashes yeah um and more you know they, they trended yeah quicker than um clothing but um I love it I think it, it's great um and now I forgot what the question was Mel sorry. you did answer it I was just asking like it's moved quickly because of I don't know what it yeah. was but actually in fashion do you reckon that some of that around fashion is um that our people can perceive, like you said yourself, you're very humble, but you like to dress loud. Mm. Um, do you think that some of that is people being misconceived as being vain if yes. they've put a lot of effort into, you know? Oh, totally, yeah. yeah. You know, I've gone into some spaces um, as my business has grown, and, you know, with all these doctors, and then I, I tell them what I do. And without them saying what I know they're thinking, yeah, like I've been treated ways where they would, um, after I introduce myself they'll be like okay and then walk off straight away and I know what they're thinking you know it's like oh what are you doing in, in this space you don't belong here you know these are doctors and yeah. lawyers and that it's because of that perception around fashion and I totally get it yeah. um I understand and we're totally against the grain yeah um with what we what we preach yeah because yeah. we're all about true connection with self and, and being authentic yeah whereas fashion is um you know there's that facade there's a I'm not big on the filters, to be honest. So, yeah. yeah, I know that I'm kind of a big, um, kind of like walking contradiction at the same time, but I kind of know my space. Yeah. And I know that there is a space for it as well because there's, there's a lot of people who are very similar to me. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Um, you sort of dance in between social enterprise and business, mm. like you do it really well. Well, you, you were saying Dressed in Confidence is actually a registered charity now. Is that right? That yeah. Congratulations, because that's no small oh. feat getting that across the line. Um, what, what, I don't know, what, what drives you with the impact stuff? Um, I kind of feel like, I don't know, you know, being Pacific, it's part of who we are. Like, yeah. we've been raised in that kind of environment, community, and it's our norm. And so, yeah, when it's your norm, it's like, I don't know, isn't this just what we always do anyway? But, you know, how hard it is to, to manage head versus heart mm. right massive it's really hard to navigate that space man yeah definitely especially mm. when your heart's saying let's do this but your bank balance is saying oh, but exactly. we can't yeah <laughs> totally it's, it's a constant struggle for me I yeah I'm gonna, not gonna lie yeah. but I do think that you're right though it's like intrinsic to who we are to mm. kind of give back yeah. whether it's to our whanau or yeah. to a wider community I feel like um it's almost just a part of uh, our culture, our nature. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think we shouldn't try and figure out how to make it work because we're pretty much living it now. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it is working. Um, like, we're not getting to where we want to get as quick as we'd like, but we're making it work based on what is our reality. Yeah. yeah. 
What other things would you like to see change in your in your industry here in um, Aotearoa, or what are things spaces where you're pushing to see shift? I think one of the biggest things for me is um, more scholarships for yeah. creatives. So um, whether it's designers, um, beauticians, um, because we like I've had conversations with some of the um, the academic staff at AUT who. There's a the fashion program there, yeah. and the numbers of Pasifika and Māori going into um, fashion, I think it's textile and fabrics, it's really small, which is kind of scary because at grassroots, through dress and confidence, we see so much potential and so wow. much talent. And so we're thinking, well, what's gone wrong? Because there's a lot of people who are interested and have the skill. You know, I work with a guy who's young as eight massive mean talent wow um and i'm like man we need to nurture that because there's so much potential this could be the next you know um kitty nathan yeah right or you know Afa Alu. um but if there's no money put in behind it from government then of course they're not going to go do it and it's really hard that fashion is in a traditional pathway for pacific people yeah. so parents won't support it as well it's like the creative industries yeah, in, general, in general. Like yeah. if, you know, you're telling your parents you're going to be a content creator or mm. videographer. It's yeah. like you can't make money oh, in exactly. that. Yeah. So I think at the same time, it's really important for us as a creative industry to support each other as much as we can. Man, yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. For you, um, you know, what would be your advice to the up and comers that are thinking of pursuing fashion or heading into that industry, um, what advice would you give them? Um, it is to, I know the importance of the fame side, right? Like being in front um, of the camera, I guess, but you really need to sort out the foundational side, like the fundamentals of business. Like a lot of designers um, see fashion as a hobby, right? So they don't really focus on like business plan and getting a mentor and things like that. But it's really important, you know. You need to have that. That's what's gonna help you build your business or build your brand. A lot of them just, you know, it's all about okay. Let's post on Instagram and do we have our Instagram ready shots? But come on, let's be real. Yeah. Um, if you want a sustainable business, you still need to focus on business. Yes. Yeah. And what that looks like, mm. like cash flow and yeah. finance. Totally, and yeah. Employment law if you're employing people yeah. and yeah. things like that. But yeah, because the amount of designers that have come through and I'm like, oh, do you, have a, um, do you have an invoice? And they don't know about it. I mean, it's good to practice, um, start practicing like good business. Um, what's the word? can't think of it. Um, good business practice Yeah. early on just so you can start – those good business habits, right? Yes. A lot of them are, yeah. But it's not their fault, you know. No, I mean, we come across people all the time. They're yeah. like, we want to use their services, but, you know, we like, oh, send us an invoice and yeah. they don't even know how to put mm. together an invoice. Yeah. So um, it's that really grassroots business kind yeah. of stuff. Mm. Um, you mentioned more around uh, support, like financially uh, capital getting started um, and seeing scholarships by the government. We've had massive funding cuts in this new round of budgets, um, and it particularly affects the you know small business, tourism, and creative industries. How how are you feeling about this? Did you put a submission into this? Oh, of course, <laughs> yeah. and all our programs that we were, we ran, we were like, make sure you have your say, you know, because that, that pissed me off. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of our programs that we run and Pacific Fusion Fashion Show, you know, that's like a massive show event, a show, and we would get funding so that um, people from through our programs could come to the show and watch. You know, a lot of our students have never, ever been to like a high-end fashion experience before. And we're trying to plant that seed and, you know, um, nurture the, the creativity and then that happens. So, yeah, it pissed off, yeah. It's really impacting yeah. the communities, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and especially because we are naturally creative, you know, and there's not just the one pathway to success. And yeah. for a lot of our people, it's through creativity. And, you know, when you take that away from us, you know. Yeah, you'll be dealing beep, with a beep, whole beep. <laughs> yeah. a whole other raft of issues yeah. that will come with that, basically. Mm. Yeah, it's super disappointing. I mean, it'll be good to see what the final draft looks like, but yeah. it really impacts those industries in a huge way. Um, I just want to really thank you for your time here today. I know you're a busy lady. Oh, you're so a busy lady. That sounds weird. A busy <laughs> wahine. <laughs> Um, so I really appreciate you making the time to come and um, do you have any final words of like inspiration to share? Um, I think just really simple like once you've found your passion freaking go for it man yeah. don't let anyone stand in your way but of course they will but then find your support crew because yeah. then those people will totally support you as well because they've been down that pathway. Have you got a good support crew? I do. Yeah. yeah, you need it. And, you know, it's prob- probably only about five people, but that's all you need. Yeah. Not a big one, just yeah. a solid one, eh? That's it, yeah. And last, one thing, last thing before you leave, what's, what are you going to fess up to us here today, Nora? What are you going to confess? What am I going to confess? I think I kind of shared it already because yeah. a lot of people think that I'm a nice, lovely lady, and I am. <laughs> but I've also, you know, I'm in business, so, you know... If push comes to shove, I am not afraid to, to bounce back. I've been the David in a lot of s- scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. And what about the Goliath? <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been taken to court like three times. And really? I've won. I've yeah. won. Like, um, and yeah, it's interesting, you know. Um, so for IP. Um, oh, that's a big remember. topic. Yeah, that one I learned so much, man. Yeah. So people, when they ask me, I'm like, oh, you want me to share my story? Because you can get some nuggets from that. But, um, yeah, I think that's what's helped me have really thick skin is that I've been through hell kind of thing with going to take into court. But, you know, I, I kind of have always tried to do business with integrity. So that's why I'm like, no, I'm not going to back down because I know I did things the right way. Yeah. So every awesome. time, um, and I went went through it totally scared but I thought don't you know God's got you you know you did business right and you should come out on top and I have and so it's yeah so it's it's my thick skin and even though people think oh she's lovely I am lovely but I didn't go into business to to kind of just bat your eyelids kind of thing right yeah when you need to step up you'll step up yeah you have to I actually want to just before you go tell me a little bit about that about your IP journey because that's huge. It's, I know uh, so many people that just get oh taken for a ride man. on their IP. So I, before I was Nora Swan Limited, I was Keela style. And so that was my two daughters, so Kirin and Laurel style. Um, and then there was a brand that used, farmers used to um, stock them. I can't remember what they're called. Similar. Oh, not really similar. Um, and they were owned by a company overseas. Massive. And I think it was Killer Babe. Yeah. So they... Um, sent me 
um, a letter in the post and then emails, but I didn't see all of those. Like, yeah. oh, I thought they were spam. And then, of course, my family must have thought it was spam as well when it came through the mail. And it wasn't until I got, um, like, an urgent email saying, because you, you know, um, neglected neglected to reply to the others, we're now taking you to court. And I was like, holy heck, what is this? And so, I yeah, I realised that... Um, they had hired the top IP lawyer in New Zealand. And so then I had to beg the second IP um, top lawyer in New Zealand to represent me. And so they did, they looked after me as a contra service. Yeah. Um, yeah, it went on for about two years. Oh my gosh. Um, I had no money back then, but I somehow found money. And that was through my lovely family to, to just like stay in the game and not give up to win. To fight for what yeah. was actually yours. And that was just your typical David and Goliath. And so it was, um, I actually think it was maybe in the second or third year in business. And I thought, man, we're not even in the same industry. How can they find me a threat? But you know how they've got those alerts, right? Yeah, right. When you go to um, register or trademark. Um, yeah, that was crazy. And then the funny thing is, then three years later, I rebrand. And my husband's like, bloody hell. <laughs> You made us go through two years of course. But you learn so much about it, man. Yeah. So what were your nuggets that you took out of that? Um, Check your mail. Oh, (laughs) totally that. Um, um, Don't give up. You know, that's what I said about the thick skin. Make sure you you do your due diligence. Yeah. Get a good lawyer. Um, Yeah, I think it's that don't give up one. Because you know what? They did so much to prolong it. I felt like it was such a simple case, but they kept on putting forward all these clauses. You know, this was their strategy to... Wear you, you know, down. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And they were pretty much doing that and yeah. nearly succeeded, yeah. And then luckily, the final one, um, the final court case, my lawyers went to Wellington. They're like, can you come? I was like, oh, no, I can't come. Anyway, they go and they said, okay, if you win, then um, we'll take this portion from, you know, whatever you want. I was like, that's totally fine. Yeah, I won. So I was like, "One, oh, freaking heck, man!" Yeah, that is so good. Those are really good nuggets. Mm. Thank you so much. Look, I just want again, just thank you so much for your time, okay. your knowledge. You're inspiring as, um, and just really look forward to continue to watching your journey moving forward. Oh, it's my my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Kakite.